Welcome all you good movie buddies to a new galactic episode of the Popcorn Diet, a podcast for those who live on a steady diet of movie theater popcorn and other delicious movie snacks like the classic, the thirst quenching, everybody's favorite, blue milk. As always, my name is Rick Williamson, your very best good movie buddy, and with me as usual is our other good movie buddy, the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn and David... We're doing this a little bit later than usual tonight, but how you doing? Doing well. It's it's Star Wars week. Got to be excited, right? Hell yeah. That's what we're here for. Star Wars is literally coming out tomorrow, or when this episode releases, it will be coming out tonight. Preview screenings are going to be happening all over the country on Thursday. Uh, funny that, you know, I, when you and I were growing up, we had to wait to the midnight show. As a matter of fact... I'm you, going to a midnight show. You're going to the midnight show. Not by choice, though, by like lack of lack of choice. Real champs go to the midnight show. Whatever. I will. Uh, I could not get tickets to a Thursday night screening. We had a group of six people that we tried our best to get tickets for on Thursday night, and it was pretty impossible at the time. So we went with Friday night. So, yes, we're just going to get this right off, right off the bat at the front. You will be seeing Star Wars The Last Jedi before I will. That's right, I will. Congratulations. Oh, yes. Uh, and so that is what this episode is all about. We've never gotten an opportunity to do our Star Wars episode. This is going to be the first of two Star Wars episodes, much like with Justice League. This is our hype episode. This is getting ready for it. Hopefully hopefully you'll listen to this while you're waiting in line to get into the theater. While while you're sitting there, we're going to release this. So So if you're out there, if you're sitting out there... Godspeed, have a great day, have fun, it's going to be great. But before we get into how excited we are for The Last Jedi, I kind of wanted to take us, I mean, like I said, this is our opportunity, it's our first opportunity to do a Star Wars episode, so I kind of wanted to bring us up to speed, uh, when I say us, I mean, you know, you and I and our listeners, kind of on where we stand on Star Wars and what our history is with Star Wars. Because you have your history, I have some of my history, and we have a little bit of shared history with some of our <laughs> Star Wars adventures. Uh, and that's definitely something that that we wanted to talk about. And so let's just like get right off the bat here. Um, I don't know about you, but I'll go first. Um, obviously, you know, we're in our, our early 30s, which is, uh, sucks to say. <laughs> it's difficult to say. It is difficult to say. Um, so we weren't, we weren't alive when the original trilogy the OTG came out, um, but we were at that perfect age when they did the re-releases. And I don't know about you, but my dad took me to every one of the re-releases. Mm -hmm. um, so sadly, you know, we didn't get the original cuts as many fans whine and complain over getting the original versions and whatnot. But we got updated special effects. We got maybe a new musical scene here or there. Um, one of my most distinct memories of going to see the original re-releases was, I believe it was uh, The Empire Strikes Back when my father took me. Shout out to Pops Williamson, previous guest on the Popcorn Diet. Friend of the podcast. A friend, a friend of the podcast, a good movie buddy of the podcast who's on a cruise right now with, uh, with Mama Williamson. So shout out to, to Mama and Papa there. But when he took me and my friend at the time, whose name I forget, I genuinely can't remember which childhood friend it was. So I'm sorry that if was, it was that you. That was me. It, it definitely <laughs> wasn't you. Um, but I remember that we, I, it's kind of funny because 31-year-old me is kind of like chastising my dad for this. But we showed up super late for it. So we literally 
didn't get seats together. Like we had to sit in three separate seats in, in three separate areas of the theater to watch, I think it was Empire Strikes Back. Um, and I don't really have any distinct like memories from watching the films like that, but I remember that very, very clearly. Did you get an opportunity to see the re-releases when it came out? Do you I did. I like remember that? actually a group of my friends actually waited in line. We were one of the ones that waited in line All pretty right. early. Not camped out multiple days, but I remember getting there for a showing that was probably in three, four hours and it being like wrapped around the theater. Yeah. So, and you don't really get that anymore because even when we do these big releases, one, you got so many theaters that are assigned seats now. Exactly. Um, so you can show up whenever you want. Mm -hmm. uh, Very nice. But also there's like 45 showings, it seems like, whenever there's a big movie. So rarely do you run into those issues. But I'm sure if you go to like a Harkins or that, which is still first come, first serve, I'm sure there's a little bit of lines. But when sure. we went to... And I, I remember going and seeing the re-released ones. I remember watching the originals before that. Uh, my cousins were big into it. They had like the old original action ah, figures. Yes. I remember playing with those when I was little. And then I remember when the re-released ones, I kind of remember seeing it in the theater because I remember waiting in line. But I remember I bought the VHS of each of those uh -huh. right when they came out. I remember they had like... One had Darth Vader, one had Yoda, and one had a Stormtrooper, if, yep, I'm, if yep, I'm not mistaken. Yep. I remember those VHS tapes. So I watched those plenty of times after that. Yeah. Um, I never really, obviously we were young, so I never really cared about this isn't their original, you know, they sure. remastered. Like to me, it was just like, it looks better than it did before. Like, Right. <laughs> yeah, well, I remember the advertisements. I remember... Um, I guess I guess there is a part of me like I don't remember seeing the original versions of Star Wars, but I remember the commercials and the trailers that were like all new footage, and it actually showed like a shot side of the, by side. Yeah, it showed like a shot of the X-wing X-foils opening up, and it showed like you know the the CGI creatures in Tatooine, and I was like, oh shit, new special effects, I'm in. Listen, Lucas was brilliant. In that he he took like, you know, probably a month or two's work, remastered it, added like maybe like seven minutes of right. additional time, which is usually just a shot of like the X-Wings yep. opening up and yep. going out to fly or like some of the uh, some extra the CG. walkers or things like, like that. Like they added that the, the beak in the Rancor pit yeah. for the Return of the Jedi. They yeah. gave it a monster thing. Just little things and yet... I mean, those things made, I mean, they made so much money when they released oh, those sure. in theaters. For sure. Like, you know, and obviously it's been copied a little bit, not with the same success, but, no, not you know, close. Titanic just got re-released again and mm -hmm. made some more Jurassic money Park in theater. Did the 3D Jurassic Park did that. Yep. Just get a few, squeeze a few extra million dollars out there. Well, you brought up a really good point, a really interesting phrase, which is George Lucas is a genius. And I long contend that George Lucas is a masterful, probably one of the best world builders in the in the history of cinema. Kind of going along with like James Cameron and what he's able to do with things like Avatar and, and create a completely, totally original science fiction work. Like that's really difficult to do. And granted, they borrow things here and there. But I will also say that he's an excellent businessman. Yeah. I mean, and, and he's a visionary technical genius with THX sound and Skywalker sound and 
uh, industrial light and magic like those are all things that lucas had a hand in building but i also and this kind of leads us into sort of the next phase he's not exactly the best writer or director no and i think we saw that with the original trilogy mm -hmm. the dude can't really direct actors he can do a decent action scene but dialogue and acting i mean the going into the the prequel trilogy you got some amazing actors in those movies mm -hmm. like you have terrence stamp you have ewan mcgregor you have natalie portman you have multiple you have academy award winners you have really good sam jackson for crying out loud and most of them come out unscathed because they're such good actors but then you have poor hayden christensen who's mm -hmm. who's a brand new guy and that's like johnny manzel on the browns that's like you're putting a rookie on a terrible team with a terrible coach like he's not going to come off really well because those movies certainly, hindsight being 2020, weren't nearly as good. However, I don't know about you, but I remember the merchandising. And this goes, another thing goes back to George Lucas on why he's a genius. The merchandising. I remember collecting everything I could about the Phantom Menace. I remember you could collect all the Pepsi cans. Pepsi, Diet Pepsi, Mountain Dew, and you could find the gold Yoda can and you'd get like 25 bucks. And you could send in the gold Yoda can for a, a, a completely unopened gold Yoda can if you wanted to with no liquid in it or anything like that. And then I remember you could go, they had the triple um, fast food joints. Yep. Do you remember KFC, that? Taco Bell, and uh -huh. I can't remember. Uh, Pizza, Hut. Pizza Hut. Yep. yep. All Pepsi, all Surf Pepsi, all Pepsi and whatever. Pepsi. All the action figures, I collected them. You had the uh, cup toppers from those places. I, I still toppers. have the cup toppers. And the, the little peel-off things that you could collect from there as well. Um, I, re I even remember boxing up the action figures like, no, you don't want to play with these. These are going to be worth a lot of money one day. And my little, was it 1999? So I was 13, thir 12 or 13. Um, and I couldn't take it. Like, I could only keep them in a box for so long before one day I just took them all out and I played with them. And I remember my little sister, Leah, good movie buddy, friend of the podcast, was on for our Battle of the Sexes episode. She broke Darth Maul's double lightsaber in half. And granted, she was like nine or eight or whatever. But I, I still... It's unforgivable. It still hurts. <laughs> but ultimately, that was a good decision because we went on eBay just recently to look at the prices of some of those figures. Not well, really, not well, really the valuable. Cra the crazy thing about those, though, because I had... Lots of those as well. Yeah. I, I think I was at an age when 13, I think I I had multiples of some of them. So I had some that were in boxes mm -hmm. and some that were out. Um, so I still have some that are still in boxes. But I actually had more of like the original stuff. So I got a lot of like Darth Vader, Luke oh. Skywalker, Han Solo. I've got a lot of those. Not the the ones that came out when they re-released it. Sure. So not, not the, the original originals, originals from the 70s. My sure. cousins have some of those. Sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, the merchandising is crazy. And that's why to me, I mean, if, if Lucas was going to sell to anybody, I mean, it makes sense to go to Disney because right. who else does a crazy good job of merchandising, merchandising and, and business marketing. and marketing absolutely then disney then disney yeah exactly and i mean even going all and this is kind of where our stories converge because we uh we went to the 
We sat outside. Who were who was the with last us? of the prequels? Who was it with was, us? Uh, was it was Grant, you, myself, Grant, and our good and our good friend, good friend of the podcast, Grant Fitzpatrick, and um, Dallas was with us. And Dallas Roberts, name. another good friend of the podcast. Nicholas. Lots of good movie buddies getting name dropped today. But that's Star Wars. It's everybody's got, I think, a, 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 an experience with Star Wars. And we went to the movie theater and we 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 parked ourselves Tuesday night, I think it was. Well, this was the thing is on the tickets at Harkins, yes. they said Wednesday, or they said Thursday, or Wednesday, 12, 12 a.m. Right. So we assumed, because in the real world, 12 a.m. on Wednesday is... It's Tuesday night. Is Tuesday night. Right. So we went and we camped out Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. Or... Tuesday morning. No, no, it was... Thursday, 12 a.m. is what it said. Right. And so we came, we said we're going to camp for 24 hours because right. everybody will be there the day of. Right. Everybody's going to show up Wednesday night. So we're going to show up on Tuesday, Tuesday night. night. So we show up Tuesday night. We got our card table. We sit there all through the night. No one comes. We think it's a little weird. In the morning, people finally start showing up to Harkins. Yeah. Like workers at right. 10 a.m. And we're like, Where's the line for Star Wars? And they're like, we're not starting it till tomorrow. Yeah, we got kicked out. So <laughs> they're like, we can't let you camp out. And so. Which is bullshit, by the way. So we actually, a couple of us hung out, but Grant, I think, was the one that parked across the street and slept waited. Slept in his car. Slept or in waited. his car. And then we got in line like first thing. Thursday morning. It was like nine hours later or yeah. 10, 10 or 12 hours later. So but we did the whole thing. We had the DVD player. We were watching it. We had the robes. We did the all. We did the shit. We did the nerdy thing. Oh, yeah. And it was a blast. It was one of the finer. Pretty sure we skipped school for that. Movie theater. Oh, we definitely skipped school for that. Cause that <laughs> was that was like early May. Yeah, that was freshman year of college, right? Uh, mm, No, no, no. I think it was like 2002. Okay, so that was high school. We'd have to check. But anyways, obviously, we grew up, you know, with with Star Wars being the re-releases and then going into the prequel trilogy. And now we are coming from The Force Awakens, which we're going to talk about a little bit here. But that sort of brings us to where Star Wars is today. Um, And there are a lot of exciting things about The Last Jedi that are kind of unknown quantities when it comes to Star Wars. Um, for example, this is only going to be the second Star Wars main trilogy movie um, that wasn't like directly influenced by George Lucas. This one is completely written and directed by Ryan Johnson, who wrote and directed Looper, which is one of the better sci-fi films of the last 10 or 20 years. If you haven't seen Looper, you should check it out. Bruce Willis, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. It's very dark. It's very, it's good. It's just a good movie. You should check mm-hmm. it out. Um, and so the fact that he is in charge of this is super exciting to me. Um, you saw Looper, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Great movie. You liked it, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Well, and it's it's inter- interesting to me, too. You know, obviously, the first six movies all kind of had Lucas sort of hovering over them. Sure. Being sure. involved in them. And... You could tell in a lot of ways, uh, <laughs> even though he didn't direct every one of them. Right. Um, he was still very much his handprints. You know, were it was still very much his story. All, all over it. Right. Now we've got episode, or we had Force Awakens. Yep. Was J.J. Abrams. J.J. His Lawrence his Kazdan. vision, 
his vision, mm-hmm. not Lucas influenced. Nope. Then you've got a second one in a trilogy that's Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson. So it's interesting that we're getting something that doesn't really have that consistent, other than obviously the studio. Right. Catherine, uh, Kathleen Kennedy is yes. the consist. She's basically the god, the godmother of all things Star Wars now. Sure. She's the one that runs. She's the Lucas responsible for making sure things stay with whatever canon with, they decide exactly, is exactly exactly. And there's been some interesting sort of developments based on that as well because Kathleen Kennedy. You know, when George Lucas sold, you know, a lot there were a lot of people who were like, oh, you know, that's good for George. He sold, he got his billions, and it's also good for us because we're going to get maybe the opportunity to have some better storytelling. And ultimately, it falls under the umbrella of Kathleen Kennedy. And Kathleen Kennedy started out as, like, an assistant for Spielberg, and she grew into this basically one of the most powerful producers in Hollywood. Obviously, running the Star Wars franchise, she's one of the most powerful producers in Hollywood. And I think people didn't realize how much of a hand she really had in this until this last year. Because this last year saw some very interesting developments when it comes to the Star Wars universe. First and foremost, you had, I don't know, this is all unprecedented, but it was also unprecedented to have hire these unique filmmakers with their unique voices and then it's also very unprecedented to shit can said unique filmmakers with their unique voices and i'm talking obviously about phil lord and chris miller working on the the solo movie getting replaced with ron howard getting replaced with ron howard they basically hired phil lord and chris miller because they were young unique voices in hollywood and then essentially fired them because they weren't playing by the rules which is almost kind of like, well, what do you expect? Um, they're young millennials. They want to do their own thing. We want to do our own thing, right? And they replaced them with a veteran filmmaker who plays by the book, right? It's kind of the same thing. Maybe not so much, but the same thing happened with Episode Nine. Episode Nine, they announced Colin Trevorrow as the director. And obviously there's been well-documented instances of literally the entire internet being shitty about the hiring of Colin Trevorrow for episode nine. And eventually it got to the point where Colin Trevorrow left the franchise. And it's, it's never been, I don't think it got far enough to where he was fired. I think it was an amicable split because he wanted to go in one direction. And Kathleen Kennedy essentially was like, no, mm-hmm. like I am the Star Wars Lord and we're going to do it this way and you're going to fit into our mold. And then they brought back J.J. Abrams, who I think is the same thing, company man guy who can get the job done, a, a wonderful filmmaker who can play by the rules. Sure. So that's really interesting to see these studios, not only with Star Wars, at least to me, but with Marvel, with with Warner Brothers, with these huge franchises, bringing in young talent and then uh, young indie talent or whatever, and then expecting them to sort of play by the rules and then being shocked when they're not. It's not the first time it's happened. You know, this has happened a couple of times. Edgar Wright and Ant-Man's a really good example. Um, you look at Justice League uh, mm-hmm. and, and all the shit that went down with that, or even trying to get the Flash made, which has gone through like three directors right yep. now. So that's really interesting. But going on with, with that, Ryan Johnson, the big news is that he's getting his own trilogy to make. Yeah, which some of the rumors have been even things in this movie maybe setting up stuff that happens in his trilogy obviously that's all speculation yeah oh that's an important point to make 
Yeah, and and everything that we talk about on here is speculation or yep. things that is common knowledge. If you read it, the movie site, right? If you don't, none wanna... of none of this thing, none of these things that we're talking about has come from this week where spoilers have started to come out. Yeah, if okay. you don't want to know anything, then you probably just should just stop listening, like because we're gonna get into speculation and who knows if we'll be right or wrong or or whatever. So. We could say some ridiculous shit that's way off, or we could say some stuff that's really on point. So if you want to go in completely cold, turn it off. Thanks. Enjoy The Last Jedi, and we'll talk to you later. But beyond that, yeah, he's getting his own trilogy away from this quote-unquote Skywalker saga to kind of do whatever he wants. Yeah, because, I mean, really what these nine movies, what they'll end up being... At least thus far, maybe they'll decide, let's keep going and another, go 10, 11, 12. And whatever. But everything's been kind of revolving around the Skywalkers. Right. Um, you know, obviously started with Anakin, mm-hmm. then to Luke. And now we, while we aren't necessarily following a, a specific Skywalker right now, it's still around things that came as an effect of it. Sure. You know, so you had Leia. Yeah. And Han and the You have child. a solo who is a half solo. Skywalker. Yep, exactly. So I mean everything's kind of following that same timeline. And that to me is more what it's about. I mean, it's obviously following everything that revolved around Skywalker, but it's more of like this is their keeping in that timeline. And so even Rogue One sure. to some point is in that timeline. It doesn't highlight and follow a Skywalker no. or even talk about Skywalker really. But it's all in that same line. I think when we get the solo movie, that will obviously be outside of that. Yeah. Even though it involves a character, characters that are in the Skywalker sagas, but it's not going to be focused on that at all from that standpoint. And then, right. um, obviously, Ryan Johnson's trilogy, we don't know anything about. No idea where that. Obviously, people fall. are speculating that. You know, I think it's easy to just say stuff that he does in this movie will continuing on just because people a lot of times like to use the same actors that they've used in certain things. Like, I'm sure it'll come out really soon that whatever Benicio Del Toro is in this movie, which we don't really know much about. Right. I'm sure it'll be speculated that he's going to be in whatever spinoff series. Joseph Gordon-Levitt's going to be in the spinoff series or something like that. Yeah, but I think it's a really good point with Rogue One and with Solo and with whatever they're making these quote-unquote Star Wars stories. I think that's sort of to fill in the dark ages between Episode 3 and Episode 4. At least that seems to be what they have been doing. Yeah. You know, like they're talking about their speculation that they're going to make a Boba Fett movie. And that's going to be about Boba Fett growing up. Well, that would fall in the dark ages. There's speculation that the production on an Obi-Wan movie is going to start real soon. And that would obviously bring back Ewan McGregor and be set during those sort of quote-unquote dark ages. Well, and it seems like what they're trying to do is, okay, we've got this franchise of movies, this story that people have been heavily invested in. To. Right. There were little things that Lucas dropped here or there. Right. And just talked about something like it was history. Uh-huh. Let's take those little things and make a whole story behind it. Mm-hmm. There was an established story like Rogue One. Rogue One is this is how they got those plans that in A New Hope. It's literally pulled from a line in the original crawl, like like we scored their f- first victory. 
Yeah. Like it's about that first victory. Yeah, exactly. So, but that was it. It wasn't like Lucas had written this whole Rogue One story no. and it just never turned into a movie. Literally, they took it from a line. And so it seems like that's the direction, at least right now, that Disney and 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 Kathleen Kennedy and, and the powers that be are trying to go with the direction sure. is let's pick little things from here. Solo was super popular but we never really got the background all we know is that he's a smuggler mm -hmm. we don't know who his parents were how we don't know how way. he became a smuggler how like let's that chewy we already have a endeared character how do we you know further develop that right. boba fett easily the most one of the most marketable and most popular bad guys right outside of vader probably um, just on his look too, because Boba Fett didn't do shit. Did Jack Squaw? <laughs> I mean, he had a jetpack. I mean, yeah, maybe, he was cool for maybe Empire. people just really thought that jetpacks were cool. He had a dope he, helmet and a jetpack. Yeah, I mean, he, he looked great. Yeah, um, but went out like a bitch. Yeah. So I mean, and and obviously, because Star Wars has always been pretty heavily, like you've got some characters in there that are animated. Like you could easily bring back. Or uh, Job of the Hut, like, sure. And have somebody talked about uh, doing one of the great ideas I've heard is like a Godfather crime saga featuring the Huts on Tatooine. Absolutely, like you know? what the fuck does that movie even look like? It's all just, it's all just uh, uh, subtitles and fat slug monsters. Right, right. <laughs> That's crazy. But it'll be interesting. But I'd to watch see. it. I mean, obviously Disney is usually very calculated in what they absolutely they do. this um, is a brand this is and that's why money maker. and that's why i think you've seen the turnover in directors they're trying to this is the first this is just the foundation of them getting star wars off the ground right. since they took it over from lucas so i think they want to be very conservative just like when we did the marvel episode and went really deep into the decisions that they did with Right. Directors and things like that. You saw they were very conservative in that first phase. And then they started to open it up, give younger directors a little bit more creative leniency and things mm -hmm. like that. I know we still had like the turnover in Ant-Man and that. Sure. But they started to bring in new directors, um, obviously still make them play ball. But they started to expand their their you know, add a little bit more flexibility. Force right. Awakens was about as conservative as a Star Wars movie could be. Yeah. Because I mean, it followed pretty much a New Hope storyline. Very closely. Very in, closely. In a lot of ways. You could easily draw parallels really easily. So I sure. think everybody's going into Last Jedi thinking, okay, is this going to be Empire Strikes Back? Sure. And, and I'm sure because people are going with that frame of mind i'm sure there's going to be plenty of parallels that you can sure. take because any second movie in a trilogy that is usually good versus bad in some way heads that direction sure. from that standpoint sure so before we get into that really quickly though i want to do a quick recap of the force awakens i'm not gonna let you get me all wound up i'm i'm over <laughs> it i had a little tangent but i'm not gonna let you do it this time so just a quick bullet point of the of what happened in the Force Awakens. Obviously, it Ray is a Force sensitive. We don't know who she is. We don't know if she's somebody. We don't know if she's nobody. It ends with her finally meeting Luke Skywalker, the fabled Luke Skywalker, and reaching out with the the lightsaber. We have Finn, who's the stormtrooper, who's defected, and he's in a coma because Kylo cut his back up with the lightsaber, messed up his dope jacket, all that <laughs> stuff. We have 
the Republic, and I feel like this is one of the few things that was really glossed over that I think we're going to get a lot of in this next movie, but the First Order succeeded where the Empire failed. They blew up, like, the eight planets that made the Republic. They killed billions of people and essentially destroyed the universal government. That's crazy. That means literally everything is chaos, theoretically, right? Yep. First Order, we don't know shit about him. We know that it's remnants of the Empire. We know that Kylo is is Han and Leia's son, and he went bad. But Hux is a douchebag general Nazi guy. We don't know who Snoke is. Some dude on a screen. Yeah, exactly. He's some twisted-looking dude. And then, of course, obviously, Han Solo got got taken out, Mm -hmm. which I'm not – again, I could, but for the sake of time (laughs) – I'm not going to go off on a tangent on it, despite the fact that his happy ending was taken from him. And this is we got to see uh, literally the worst way for life to end for him. I'm not going to get into it. I'm not going to let you get me into it. That's all I'm going to say. If we want to talk about it in the next episode, we can. All right. Okay. But because I want to talk. We'll hold judgment until after. We'll hold judgment because I have issues. I might even write a whole article about it. You can, I might, leave, you can leave it just at there that you've got issues. I got issues, all right? Um, but let's get into The Last Jedi because you brought up some really interesting points is that a lot of people are going to naturally draw parallels to Empire. Beyond just the fact that The Force Awakens was a very close copy to A New Hope in, in many different story and character beats, I think in general, the middle part of the trilogy and you kind of get the same conversation in Scream 2 where they're talking about sequels and mm-hmm. trilogies and whatnot. Mm-hmm. The middle part of a trilogy is almost inherently darker where everyone's getting the shit kicked out of them because you have to have that redemption in the third act, yeah. right? So I think it's natural. to. I mean, all of the marketing has been skewed darker and yeah. more ominous. The music, the posters, which have all been gorgeous, by yeah. the way. Um, and so, yeah, I think that that it's natural to think that it's going to be more intense, darker. Well, I don't know if it's going to follow the the mold of Empire. Well, and I think they've done a brilliant job in their marketing of it to raise a lot of more a lot of questions more than answer them. For sure. Um, you know, they've been playing really heavy the whole like does Ray go bad? Does Ray go bad? Does Luke does go bad? Luke go bad? Does like, Kylo go good? Do we like, even want fucking Kylo to go good? Like they even make it they even like play the teaser in that trailer to make it look like uh Kylo blows up uh Is Kylo gonna kill Leia? Kill Leia. Like they make it look like he's flying towards the ship that Leia's on sure. in the bridge there. I'm using Star Which, Trek lingo here and <laughs> calling the it the bridge but i don't know what You're else to call right. it it's probably it's a ship that. it's got yeah. a bridge so but it, they even tease it like she he's going in there and even what he's saying as they're playing exactly that is exactly. like and it's obviously played out to i think i'll be disappointed if it plays out like what you could assume from the trailers. Right, because, but the other thing to consider is that trailers are cut all the time to make it look like a you see way. in trailers all the time where somebody says like like I need your help, and then it'll cut to a shot of the bad guy saying, "I'm the only one that can help you." And in reality, those two pieces of dialogue exist don't have forty-five anywhere, minutes yeah. apart. And so that's where it's like I feel like some of the movies that I get frustrated with are ones where even though they're cut like that, right, it is actually what happens, and right. it's like the trailer gave away 
the majority of this movie. Sure. I don't think they're dumb enough to do that nah. with, with this. Um, you know, I think I think we're gonna have a lot of twists and turns. I agree with you. I don't think it's gonna follow quite like like I don't think we're gonna get you know, I don't think we're gonna get uh someone frozen in carbonite or, right. or like Snoke, incapacitated Snoke is the you emperor know. kylo is darth vader ray yeah. is luke skywalker like i don't think we're gonna get that and and to their credit in force awakens there was some things that were different like sure. if raise your luke skywalker in in a new hope luke was all eager to be a jedi right. and wanted to embrace it, it ray was didn't want to embrace it right was almost forced into embracing it um and han didn't want to be a part of it. Right. Han was basically Obi-Wan. Yeah. Um, and same thing, like your new Han was Poe, yeah. who didn't who's gone for 45 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Um and Phasma's definitely Boba Fett. Like that's a real although Boba Fett's not in the original Star Well, he's in the new version. Because the they put version, him in that shitty yeah. fucking Jabba scene where the yes. CGI Jabba. Yes. So he's in that version. But, like, you brought up some really interesting questions that I think that are, are laid out by the trailers. But they also are built, and I think this is a lot of kind of J.J. Abrams at work, because J.J. Abrams love his loves his mystery boxes, right? Mm -hmm. He loves getting people to ask questions. And so there are some major questions that have come off The Force Awakens that... I think audiences want answered, but maybe they're not going to get answered. You know, like, for example, who is Rey? Well, does she, like, does she matter? Is she a Skywalker? Is she a nobody? Yeah. You know, is she, is she Obi-Wan's kid? Is she Palpatine's reincarnated soul? Like, there are so many different theories on who Rey is. Yeah, because, I mean, generally, at least to date, it's been kind of established that typically, like, the force is passed down in some way. Like right. to, it doesn't, you don't know that for sure because right. there was tons of Jedi's. We didn't know their it, stories. Well, exactly. Like in but the, the original, only, the only real family we have to follow is the Skywalkers. The Skywalkers. Anakin had it and his kids, and his kids it. have it and his grandkids have it. Yeah. So that's his... the only thing we have is proof. So we assume if you have the force, it's usually passed down some way. Maybe, but that's the thing too is, you have all these other things that have added to the force itself sure. that are outside of Lucas already too that have given theories. So you have people that, you know, watch the attack of the, you know, or like the clone wars right. things and things like yeah, that. Yeah. Great example. And took, took away things from that. And so it's those hard are to, canon. Yeah. And so it's hard to know or rebels. Yeah, exactly. So it's hard to know. But the thing that I think that's interesting, too, that I think we're not going to get a lot of the answers from, and maybe we will, I could be wrong, but J.J. wasn't really heavily involved in this, even though in he's this one now, at all. Because remember, he wasn't originally supposed to be involved again. Yeah. Like, he's, it was supposed to be Trevorrow or whatever. Uh -huh. He was supposed to set up the trilogy and then whatever. I think that there has been other clues. Like, you bring up a really good point in that all we've really focused on is the Skywalker lineage, and yet there are lines in the previous films about how the Force lives in every living thing. The Force uh -huh. exists in every living thing. It just is some people are more in tune to it with others. So, you know, that could lead to, you know, Ray being fucking yoda for all i know you know sure. uh so we i mean so, but and again along the same lines if we're talking about our hero we also need to talk about our villain this the supreme leader snoke what's his deal like wh what's he a part of who is he on one hand yeah i guess you could ask these questions on the other hand 
in the original trilogy, the emperor, no, he was just the emperor. Yeah, and you really didn't see him in detail until, until Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. And even then... He was just the emperor. He was just the emperor. He had really the most you saw of him was that end scene. Yeah. When I'm just Luke the brought, evil old dude. Yeah. It wasn't until you got the prequels exactly. that you had any kind of idea of who he was and his background. So let me ask you a question. You know how we're, they're doing all these, and this is a little side question here. It's just popping pop into my head. But you know how they're doing all these Star Wars stories to fill in the gaps between episodes three and four? Could you conceivably see, whether it be Ryan Johnson's trilogy or another series of movies, films that are made to fill in the gaps between uh, four, five, six, uh, six and seven, that 20, 30 year period between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens? It's in play. Yeah, I, I definitely could. I think the thing that you have working against you there is you have old actors that you're trying to fill the gaps in. Sure. So you're going to have to, I mean, we already lost Carrie Fisher. Right. So you're either. If gonna, we wanted to do a princess Leia movie, if you wanted to tell the, what happened to like Han and, and Leia, right. like if you want to know what happened, why did we get to the point that we were in force awakens? Right. It's going to be pretty tough. I think they'll leave that story alone. They may tell other parts of sure, it. Sure, exactly. So they can you, tell the Rogue One version of I don't know what, like yeah. the old dude at the uh, Max von Sydow at the beginning of the Force yeah. Awakens. He was just some old guy that who was knew protecting the Force. something. Like make a movie about him. Yeah, you know, but that's certainly possible. But I kind of go back to that because you have all these people. Who is Snoke? What's he about? What's his history? And I just kind of remember that, like, before, like you said, before the prequels, the Emperor was just the Emperor. He yeah. was just an evil fucking dude. Yeah. And I kind of tend to think that Snoke might just wind up being an evil dude. I could be wrong. Like, he could have deeper connections. A lot of people think that he's um, um, Darth Plagueis. Do you remember uh, uh, the Emperor when he wasn't the Emperor? He told Anakin the story of Darth Plagueis and how he could create life. But mm -hmm. Darth Plagueis was betrayed by his uh, apprentice who he alluded to being like I was yeah. Plagueis's apprentice. I killed him. So a lot of people are theorizing that Snoke is Plagueis. I don't know that it matters. That seems like it would make the universe a really small place. Well, and, and to date, nothing has even give. We've gotten nothing to even assume that Snoke has anything to do with the Force. Like right. Well, there's that shot in the trailer where he's reaching out and then Ray's. Sure. Shaken. But again, you can edit things however you want. Like that could be someone else doing that. He that, could just be a that could be Kylo on the other end that's making Ray shake. He could be symbol. like a Grand Moff Tarkin who was just a general. Yeah. So that's interesting. Why did Luke go into exile? I you know, those that, those are big questions. And I think we're I mean the trailers obviously are gonna delve into this. Like this film I think is going to answer those questions. I, that that question. I think Come episode nine, and and we don't know if Luke survives this episode. If, if I, I mean, they killed off Han Solo, they can do anything. Yeah, well, and obviously you have the whole question too with Carrie Fisher. Like, can you carry her on to right. uh, a third movie without her actually being there? Obviously, we've already established the answer is yes with the technology that we have. Sure, but they said they're not going to do that. But they said they're not going to do that. So, does that mean that they killed her off in this movie, or does that just mean? They're going to find some way to transition her out of the story. If she doesn't die in this movie, I feel like episode nine opens 
with like a funeral. Like the opening crawl is like Princess Leia has passed or something sure. like that. Sure, it could be that. Because unlike the Fast and Furious movie where you can just write off Paul Walker's character and be like, he's out of the game. Princess Leia is too yeah, she, ingrained she wouldn't, in this she story. She wouldn't just go in hiding and, and no. die somewhere. No way. Like Not I mean, I mean, obviously you had what happened with Yoda. I mean, he went and lived in a swamp, and then it's true. It, it eventually died in the swamp. The exile <laughs> certainly runs in the family, sure. apparently. So, but I mean, I I don't see them doing. It'll be interesting to see how they address that because, like you said, they've said that they're she's not going to be in the the last movie. Right. They said they're not going to recast her. Yeah. So that's. Who knows what they're going to happen there? That's that's a question for the next podcast. Yeah. Well, um, and we have to see what even happens in this one. We may get an answer exactly tomorrow. Exactly. I think the next podcast we can go through some of these questions and be like, did they answer this? Yes, they did. Did they answer this? No, they didn't. That'll actually be really yeah. interesting. But as as usual with Star Wars, we get a bunch of new characters. Hell yeah. So we we got a whole bunch of new ones. I mean, we already talked about one of them with Benicio. Benicio, who all we've gotten on him is DJ. He's DJ, and a weird a, and a weird quote from Benicio del Toro <laughs> saying something along the lines that he's like a knife. If you grab him by the blade, he'll cut you or hurt you. Right. But if you grab him by the handle, he could be useful. So it sounds like he's a scoundrel. It just sounds yeah. like he's a shady dude. I mean. Let's think about this. Benicio del Toro, like, what else would you play I'm him as? I'm super pumped. What does Benicio del Toro play in movies? He either plays, like, the, like... The weirdo. The weirdo. The shady dude. The shady dude, or, like, the, like, you know, like, in traffic when he's, he like, the beat-down like cop. Like, man. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, he's got basically three different characters he can be. So, <laughs> I mean, he's probably going to be a combination of, like... The sleaze bag weirdo. I, lo I love that they're not putting him behind makeup. I love that they're yeah. just letting Benicio, like he's got his close crop hair from like Sicario. Yeah. Uh, there was one picture in Entertainment Weekly where he's got this dope ass jacket. I'm like, I'm in. Oh, you knew he was going to get a good wardrobe. I love this guy. You knew he was going to get something iconic. For so a we get Benicio as DJ. Uh, another big one is we're getting Laura Dern. Now, Jurassic Park being one of the seminal movies of my childhood, I kind anytime. Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, or Sam Neill are involved with anything, I perk up a little bit. I'm mm -hmm. like, oh, it's Jurassic Park. So when like Sam Neill showed up in Thor Ragnarok, spoiler alert for Thor Ragnarok, uh, but when Sam Neill showed up for a second, uh, for a second, he's not big or anything, I'm spoiling a cameo, so whatever. Um, also, you should see that fucking movie. Uh, I was like, Sam Neill, oh my God. Or when we knew Jeff Goldblum was going to be, oh, Jeff yeah, Goldblum, yeah. he's yeah, in it. Yeah. So that's super exciting. So the fact that Laura, Laura Dern is playing this resistance admiral, Admiral uh, Holdo, I believe is how you pronounce it, like that's really interesting because what if she becomes the surrogate Leia? Could be. You know? Um, and she got crazy pink hair and everything, and she looks a little bit more refined. Um, but she's another member of the resistance. Mm -hmm. um, we got Benicio. Oh, one of my favorite ones is the evil BB-8. Which, which is just goes in line with... Print that money, Disney. Print that money. Print that money. Oh, you guys love BB-8? Guess what? We're going to have an evil BB-8. Evil BB-8. But I feel like it's a missed opportunity. They called him BB-9E when they could have called him BB-H-8, which is BB-8. That would be fucking dope. It's true. Like, <laughs> like that would be amazing. It's probably too risque Probably for a Disney. little too on the nose <laughs> for, for Star Wars. 
Um, obviously, we've already talked about Snoke, and I feel like he's obviously going to have a, a bigger role here. He's not going to be a projection. But I think one of the biggest sort of new characters is going to be Kelly Marie Tran as this girl, Rose uh, Tico, or Tycho. Uh, again, I don't know how to pronounce it until we watch the movie. But she's sort of this ground-level resistance grunt. Uh, she, I think she's mechanic. And it looks like her and Finn go off on some adventure from the trailers and whatever. I've seen pictures of them dressed in, like, imperial costumes and whatever. So it looks like they go undercover or whatever. That's a pretty big one. Yeah. You know? And I think uh, she's also another great example of adding diversity to the Star Wars universe. I can't, for the life of me, and I'm, I may be wrong, but I can't remember any major Asian characters in the original trilogy. No. Um, we had Ken Jeong in in uh, Force Awakens as as some random, yeah. uh, you know, general, and then we had um, we had our boy who I can't believe the name is escaping me here, um, but we had our our boys in Rogue One who were badasses um, in that film. We had I can't pronounce their names, um, like uh, Jiang Wen who was Bayes, and we had our boy Donnie N. Yep. Who is a badass in Rogue One. Yep. So I feel, you know, like they're trying to make the Star Wars universe more diverse. And I really appreciate that. And I think it's interesting that they're teaming her with Finn. She's one of those other characters that's just like, what's she going to be about? What, sure. what is she going to bring to the table? Sure. Essentially. Um, and so that's ex that's exciting. I like that we're, we're getting these new characters and. Maybe they'll make it. Maybe they won't. You know, it's like Empire when we got we got Lando and Lobot and we got Boba Fett and we got I mean, think about Empire and all the cool new characters we got like that's really cool to me yeah. that, you know, you just think about. <laughs> I, I do think they're going to answer a lot more questions about Snoke. The only reason I think Snoke is going to be more than what the Emperor is. Yeah. Is because you don't go out and get Andy Circus to play someone if sure. you're just going to kind of use them like you did Palpatine in the first well in four five and six yeah so I think we'll see more from that um well, I don't I don't know that you'll get tons in this one no but we'll see could be no maybe not especially if they're positioning him as the, the new emperor yeah. you know but like I mean think about all the characters we got in Empire we got Yoda you know we got Lando we I already mentioned Lando but like there's some really oh also did you, did you know this little little piece of trivia for you here the original version of the emperor was played by a girl under heavy heavy makeup and a dubbed voice I don't think I did it was except now you can't find like if you look for it online it looks horrendous <laughs> and the and then when they replaced when they ultimately replaced her with Ian McDiarmid obviously it's continuity there um, but yeah I'm really excited for those new characters. Um, I don't know how to pose this question. I originally was wanted to ask, you know, if there's going to be any major deaths or defections because, I mean, you look at the trailer and it's basically positing that there's going to be major deaths and defections. Sure. So basically, it's like, what do you think is going to happen? Like, what, what, like, is do you think Princess Leia is going to bite it? Do you think, and do you think we're going to get a dark Luke or a dark Ray? Do you think that this is going to be this trilogy's empire? Uh, I think I think it will, but I think it'll be in a different way. I think you'll see some of our main characters instead of in in empire, right? Like things just went wrong. 
Han got captured. Yeah. Luke, Luke lost got his, his hand hands. Caught off. And then went off to Yoda. Uh huh. And things just didn't look promising. No, the Empire of everything their that was ass. They're yeah. they're on they're on uh they're they're basically licking their wounds. Lando takes Chewie off in the Falcon and is like, We're gonna go get Han back. And then you have to wait two, three more years until Return of the Jedi comes out. I think this one's gonna be much more like psychological like divisions and things like that. Sure. So like I think it's going to be you have, you know, these people like Poe and Finn and Ray and Leia and Luke. I just think you're going to run into disagreements and maybe how to handle things, what's right, what's wrong. Mm -hmm. Maybe drawing back to the experience from what happened with Return of the Jedi and things like that. Right. You know, whatever caused Luke to go off into exile and things like that. I think... You know, maybe there's. I think there's going to be things that maybe handle a certain way, sure. and you and you could obviously draw comparisons to like, you know, when Luke says he's got to leave to go get his friends, and Yoda says he's not ready, he needs to stay and train sure. longer. Like you could have, I could see there being comparisons to that of Ray wanting to leave, Luke saying you're not ready, you're not ready. You're not, you know, like you're gonna go get your ass kicked, yeah, and things like that. Although, I mean, again, if we want to go back to what a lot of the people are talking about, like, and there is some validity here, whereas Ray is already like a way more proficient force user as a as a nobody with no training, sure, than Luke or or Ky like she whooped Kylo's ass, sure, which I think I mean, is Snoke gonna be happy about that? Yeah. So I think I think it's going to be more of like a psychological thing, like sure. maybe like people crossing lines and doing things that maybe other people don't agree with and other people thinking maybe we need to pursue this or we need to pursue that. And yeah, I could see I could point. see it getting more scattered that way than necessarily like cut and dry. Like there's a battle and this side you know the good guys lose this time sure. to the to the bad guys well, you got to imagine that if the republic is destroyed everybody's kind of grabbing at straws and you have somebody like leia who's probably deeply emotionally compromised with not only the death of han but also the discovery of luke again mm -hmm. not to mention the fact that oh btw her fucking son is the number one enforcer like that could cause. I mean, maybe Holdo is a is turns out uh, Laura Dern's character turns out to be sort of a, a secondary antagonist. Yeah. To where she's trying to push Leia out of power. You know, what if Poe gets caught in a power struggle between doing what the Admiral wants and doing what Leia wants? Like, you're that's probably a really interesting way to go about it. And I think that's a way that you can expect. Rian, I keep wanting to say Rian because it's spelled <laughs> R A A N, but that's that's. Kind of what you would expect for Ryan Johnson, because he makes deeply psychological films. Like yeah. Looper is a deeply psychological film that has amazing special effects, amazing action, amazing performances, but it asks big questions of its characters, mm -hmm. and its characters make big, life-altering decisions. So who's not to say that the same thing doesn't happen here? Yeah. Um. So yeah, that could be really, I, really. I interesting. don't think you're gonna see like bad luke but i could see luke go against what we perceive as the good guys mm -hmm. because he sees them going down the wrong path or something like that That's so interesting. i could see it being like good guys quote unquote fighting good guys sure because they don't agree on 
a path or sure. a decision or something like that. I've read certain reviews that kind of equate it to like baby boomers and how baby boomers kind of got popular in like the 60s and 70s. And they were like, we're going to change the world, except like, you know, the world's all right. Like, it's certainly better than it was in the 60s and 70s, but it ain't great. You guys fucked it up for a lot of people with, your, you know, our student loans, our housing programs, like the economy is really hard for the young people right now. You know, the, the global warming, like the, you baby boomers fucked that up. So, like, it could be a very interesting, like, out with the old, in with the new as well. Sure. You know, because, like, you, I mean, listen, Carrie Fisher's gone. Like, regardless of how this movie ends with, with Princess Leia, Carrie Fisher is gone. And that leaves Mark Hamill. As the only connection, that's not true because we still got Billy D. Williams out there. Um, but that leaves Mark Hamill as sort of the only human connection left to the original trilogy. He's the only baby boomer left, mm -hmm. theoretically, if we want to go along with the baby boomer millennial type uh, line of thinking. But, you know, the fact that Luke fucked up and ran away, I could see a lot of people being mad at Luke. Yeah. You know? Um, so, so there's a lot of interesting you know possibilities do you think let's you i want to i want you to make some bold predictions here do you think there's going to be any major deaths do you think any any one of the maybe not the old group but do you think any of the new people are going to bite it like do you think like hux bites it or phasma or like poe did you know poe was originally supposed to die in the in the force awakens i don't think i did do so it. yeah so when jj brought on oscar isaac poe was originally supposed to die in the tie fighter crash mm -hmm. and finn was supposed to find his body and take his jacket but instead he just found his jacket and they brought poe back and there was something like oscar isaac convinced him or i don't remember but ultimately they decided to keep poe on mm -hmm. so that i mean to me that sounds like poe's on borrowed time sure now granted he could be the new quote-unquote han solo he's the hot shot pilot yeah but you know these movies are predicated on you know getting their asses kicked and although empire might not have killed any major characters you know seeing what ryan johnson does with like looper and stuff he's not afraid of having characters no. make big sacrifices so do you think anybody do, do you have any inkling inklings i don't have an inkling on who um i think we'll have one surprising death all like, right i don't and 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 it may be something that isn't surprising to some, but is to others. But I think you'll have someone die that's, you know, higher than like, you know, trooper number four sure. type of thing. Think they so, kill? You think they kill Leia? I think. I do. You know what? I I think I yeah? I think they do. But not like the way. trailer. No, not the like the trailer. Okay. It, it may be natural causes like it could be you don't see her dead in this one but i don't think she just fades off into the black and sure. they just explain why she's no princess longer leia around. is being hidden in exile for the rest of her no. life no i don't i don't see it being i don't see it being that i think she that just doesn't seem true to the character like i understand that like when when a major actor or actress pass away like again i mean the only real example we have to go off here is paul walker yeah oddly enough yeah but with Paul Walker's character, like he wasn't he he could he could like it made sense for him to get out of the game and go into hiding with his family. Yeah. But Princess Leia, General Leia, fighter. has always been so proactive. Like there's no fucking way you're taking her out of the fight unless she's in the ground. Yeah. Right? Yep. 
So, like, that, I mean, as a character, I feel like if they made a decision to, quote, unquote, keep her alive, but off into the darkness, as you say, I feel like that's a betrayal of the character. Yeah. I think she either gets killed in battle or she gets, like, a Yoda death in that it's somewhat natural causes to Somewhat some natural point. causes. All right. All right. Uh, okay. So, final question as we wrap up here. Do you, who's going to be, and this can be anybody, kind of going along the lines of the death question, but this can be a new character or this can be an existing character, but I want to know who who you think the big breakout, either character or star, of if you have to pick one, who the big breakout is going to be of The Last Jedi. And keep in mind that like the first movie, you know, Poe was good, but he didn't really have a lot going on. And Phasma was cool, but was kind of a letdown. So there's some opportunity for existing characters that we've already met to rise to the occasion. So if you could pick one or or, or, or two or whatever, because I know that I'm garbage at sticking to lists, who do you think could be a potential, like who's the MVP of the Last Jedi? I think I think I'm between I'm torn between DJ, aka Del Toro's uh-huh. character, and and Kelly Marie Tran's character, Rose. And I don't think it'll necessarily be like they were intended to be. Sure. But I could easily see it be something to where people walk away and they're like, Del Toro's awesome. Like, I love, sure. like, his, like, I could see that being like almost like Boba Fett became uh, okay. to a lot of people. Or, um, you know, there's sometimes those unintended, like, stars. Of of movies like I'm trying to think like Boba Fett would definitely be it sure. from but it's from like, the originals. It's um, like uh, like Jabba's little uh, salacious crumb, yeah. his little rat guy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like that guy. Like, like that's something that's memorable from guys. there. Um, you know, but I could I could see that being something uh, something around those. Okay. Um, or you know, like I said, with with Rose Tico or Kelly Marie Tran's character, I could just see it being like. I feel like there's there's room for someone to be kind of like that low key kind of like badass character sure, from that. Sure, and we've never really seen like every time we've dealt with the resistance, it's always been like key players. Yeah, and this is an opportunity for us to show somebody who's essentially a nobody maybe become a key player. Yeah, and that's something that's interesting. That's a different approach. Yeah, well, and I think you know, I think they need to set the foundation. They need to start setting you know, sort of pass for other things to lead down other directions. Sure. Sure. All right. So I think I'm going to pick three. I think, I think I know. Um, I think Luke, I mean, and I feel like that's a dumb thing to say, but Luke didn't say a fucking word in the force awakens. And no, and, and even though Mark Hamill's been steadily working for decades, like he hasn't had this type of role and this type of uh, exposure in, a long time. But I love Mark Hamill, and I think he's going to bring it. And I think Luke's going to reestablish himself as the primo badass of the galaxy. Um, I'm also going to go with Phasma. I think this is an opportunity for Phasma. Phasma, everybody's like, oh, she's like Boba Fett. She looks cool, and then she's shitty. This is an opportunity to fix that. This is an opportunity to make like a great second level boss for Finn. So I'm going with Phasma and then I'm going to wrap it up with Poe. I think Poe's going to have some really I think like you said, I think Poe is going to have some really interesting sort of internal 
stuff when it comes to the resistance, when it comes to loyalties to Leia, Holdo, and things like that. Um, so those are my three. Those are do my picks. Do you think Finn's going to get much love in this one? Because Finn was, I mean, you could argue Finn was just as much of sure. a main character as Ray was in sure. in the first one. Sure. So, well, Finn is going to get apparently an amazing fight with Phasma just from that one fucking shot in the trailer. Yeah. That is, and that's the only thing I remember about Finn from the trailer. But I'm in on that. Yeah. So, like, if for nothing, that fight, I'm in on. Well, and you could easily say, I mean, I. Definitely, definitely could be debated here, but you could say that of the breakouts post Force Awakens, uh -huh. you could you could say Finn. Finn was pretty good. Boyega. Boy, but I mean, like as far as where they've gone since then, you sure. could argue Boyega. Boyega's had the most success post Star Wars sure. too. Like he's the one that's you know propelled into he's other things really i mean he's embraced it. he's the lead on pacific rim and whatever you think of the pacific rim trailer and what right. it looks like that's a big lead from mm -hmm. that standpoint exactly so. exactly and daisy ridley's you know she's been doing good but yeah. you know she's in uh murder on the orient express but i don't i mean i'm sure she's done a couple other things and oscar isaac's oscar isaac like he's awesome yeah um, but he was already kind of established he was already before awesome. that. Yeah. yeah for sure for sure so yeah i mean oddly enough Finn, Ray, Kylo, like, may, I mean, I could go completely go in that direction. Obviously, Kylo's going to make some huge, huge decisions in this movie, and Ray is going to have huge growth in this movie, and and Finn, like, who knows? Who knows what his role is going to be? Um, but the fact that he's, like, the Stormtrooper defector, that's super interesting. So it could be anybody, and that's I think the most exciting part. Yeah, and that's the this. thing, though. I mean, I feel like it's all been set up. Like the biggest story going into this that you've been fed is that Mark Hamill's back as Luke, right? And so obviously, I think some he's, distraction. You think some distractions happening? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there hasn't been much talk about Kylo. I mean, granted, he's in the trailer sure. a good amount, uh, but there hasn't been much talk. I mean, everything, all the buzz has been around Carrie Fisher, Leia, mostly because what are they going to do with her because she's no longer right. alive right and mark hamill's back like yeah. what's what's old grizzled luke cranky going to ass do? luke <laughs> yeah and everything makes him you know like uh that line that he has in the trailer where it's like this is not going to i was just yeah. gonna say that i was just gonna wrap it up i'm glad we're talking about this that we came that out because that's a perfect way to end this episode <laughs> And you brought it up. I'm going to mention it. And I think this is one of the most important. I think it's a very meta line. <laughs> but And I think it's very specific and purposeful that it's in the trailer. Oh, I totally think it's When he turns yeah. and he says, this is not going to go the way you think. That is as much to the audience as it is to Ray. Oh, absolutely. For sure. Um, and so it's not going to go the way we think. So literally everything we just said could be horseshit. But we're going to find out on the next episode because on the next episode, David and I are going to sit down fresh off of Star Wars, The Last Jedi, and we're going to see how close we were in some of our predictions. We're going to see if some of our questions were answered, uh, and we're going to ask more questions, I'm sure, about where the galaxy is going to take us. But that is for the next episode. Before we wrap up, obviously, I want to mention to everybody that you can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, at the popcorn diet you can read all of our reviews our articles and find our podcast episodes on the popcorn diet podcast.com 
You can subscribe to us pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, and, of course, iTunes. But for the Canadian machine, Mr. David Melhorn, I am your very best good movie buddy, Rick Williamson. May the Force be with you, and we will be discussing The Last Jedi on the next episode of The Popcorn Diet. Adios.